Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Fauché, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. You are listening to episode 12 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Hey there, everyone. We are in for a special treat today. In today's episode, we're going to be joined by my friend, Jenny LaRoque. Jenny is a kindergarten teacher, and she's passionate about including diverse books and providing a multicultural curriculum in her classroom. She started the social media movement, hashtag all are welcome in my classroom on June 20th, 2018. She has spoken across the country about implementing culturally responsive teaching and was honored to speak at ISTE and Get Your Teach On. Let's welcome Jenny to the show. Welcome, Jenny, to the show. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. And Jenny and I met actually a couple of years ago at the TBT conference, the Teachers Bay Teachers Conference, and realized we both grew up in neighboring towns and both had a passion for ESL students and helping them. And so I knew this would be a great connection and fit for you to come on the show. Yeah, it's such a small world that we like both were so passionate about ELLs and we live so close. So I'm so happy to be here. Why don't you start with sharing a little bit about yourself and what you're teaching right now? So I started off being a bilingual kindergarten teacher out in Belvedere, Illinois. I drove over an hour each way my first two years of teaching. Wow. And it was amazing. The drive was long and hard, but it was totally worth it because I loved every minute of my working with my students. And then I wanted somewhere closer. So I became an ELL pullout teacher for preschool and kindergartners in a suburb of Chicago which was closer to my house. And now in that same district, I am a kindergarten teacher. And in my class, we have a cluster of ELL students. And then the ELL teacher pushes in 
and then I'm also EL certified, so they kind of get that double whammy. And then we just have a mix of a bunch of native English speakers. So it's pretty amazing. That is wonderful. And what a blessing for those students to get that double dose of having an ESL certified homeroom teacher and then also the ESL support. That's amazing. What language do you speak? I speak Spanish. Okay. I haven't spoken it in a very long time. <laughs> I studied abroad in Spain and I met my ex-boyfriend there. So when I got the job, I was speaking Spanish every day because I was talking to him and Yes. Then um, I was obviously speaking all day to my students, so I was much more fluent than I am now. Yeah, that's the hard thing. If you don't use it, you lose it. I, I know how that is. Yep. <laughs> so frustrating, but that is an amazing game. So you cover a lot of PSYOP strategies and that kind of approach in your kindergarten classroom. Is that right? Yes. So I like to take the strategies that we've learned in the PSYOP and kind of make it modified for uh, kindergartners. So like I take the Freyer model and instead mm-hmm. of having all five boxes, I just have like the word and then they draw a picture of what that word means. Or maybe they have like a word, a picture, and then they have to use it in a sentence. We just did that last week with our vocabulary words. We do a lot of total participation techniques. We do somebody wants, but so from the PSYOP training. Mm-hmm. We just take a, like, uh, we do a lot of like mapping visuals, a lot of visuals, and we kind of just integrate it throughout our classroom. And it's not only our English language learners that benefit from it, all the students, all the kindergarten students can benefit from that extra vocabulary and those extra visual cues. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And we're going to get into a different topic here, but I know I have a lot of people reaching out that would love to hear more about what supporting ELLs in kindergarten looks like. Because it's not, some schools don't have that support in kindergarten. They don't get it till first grade. And so do you see that they need a lot of extra support or is a kindergarten classroom so language rich that you're seeing that, you know, your native speakers really benefit, like you just said, from just having all of the visuals and really it's kind of teaching to both at the same time. What what does that look like? I think it's a mix of both. Like I think that, you know, kindergarten is such a visual setting because we use visual directions. Like at least in my classroom, I use visual directions. I repeat my directions. I use simpler language. But at the same time, my students benefit from having my co-teacher push in. And that's what I think it really benefits for them to be in the classroom as much as possible and not being pulled out. Mm-hmm. And the teacher kind of pushing in to then support the class, the general education teacher. We are very much a co-teaching model. Like we teach together. She'll bring and introduce like vocabulary words before the lesson, but we both teach the lesson together. And I think that they really benefit from that extra support when writing is a time that she pushes in because that's typically what ELLs struggle with on the access testing. Yeah. So the my co-teacher will pull a small group during that time and kind of focus on those students. Then, and then they get that little extra support that if it was just me by myself, that I they would not necessarily get every single day for writing. So yeah, I think it's just kind of like a happy of mix of both worlds. Sounds like a dream model. Sounds like (laughs) you're doing things that are working well for your students. So that's awesome. Well, today's topic and the reason I wanted Jenny to come on and share is because she is an incredible source of information of talking about diverse books and just the beauty of diverse books. And so we're going to start with, if you want to just share with us, you know, a little bit more about the term mirrors and windows. So mirrors and windows is um, an ideology that comes from Emily Stiles from the SEEP project. And Dr. Bishop actually took it a step further and said, windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors. And what it means is that windows is providing your students the ability to see out into the world. And the mirrors is their own heritage and their own culture reflected back at them. 
the sliding glass door part comes in when the students can have access, consistent access of accessing both throughout their day. So constantly being able to see themselves and the see others that may look different than them throughout their school day, whether it's in your environment or it's through the books that you read. Even in your classroom library, it's really important that the books you are displaying, even on holidays, that you're displaying books that represent a diverse group of people. And I just think that that's really important. I completely agree with you. And honestly, it's the beauty of the classrooms that we teach in today that we can offer this look into other people's cultures in our classroom, these students that might never ever experience this and now get to gain interest and get to hear personal stories. And, you know, our EL students get to share their stories and they get to have looks into other people's environment and upbringing. And what a powerful classroom we get to teach in when we do that. And, you know, there's actually research that shows that students who have pride in their racial background and their ethnic background actually do better in school. They feel a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. They're more engaged. Their grades are better. So it's really important that we really instill that pride in those students and really celebrate that we all look different. And that's what makes us beautiful. That's so true. And and it's nice to see that there's a shift. I know I'm sure this was similar to you growing up because we grew up in the same area in the suburbs of Chicago, but it was definitely the teacher set, in my case, a precedent of this, you know, you have to speak English. It's kind of this, a lot of our students who came in who were second language really were ashamed about it or didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it was never really celebrated when I was growing up. And even when I was a teacher in that area, it, it definitely had, whether teachers admitted or not, there were those those feelings and those sentiments being felt yeah. and projected. And so I think it's a beautiful shift. We're seeing that it's not just the ELL teachers that are advocating, but a lot more homeroom teachers are seeing the beauty in bringing in diverse books, bringing in diverse stories, bringing in, you know, those stories in their classroom from their students and making that a part of their classroom environment for all students to feel welcomed. Yes. And I think that's so important. And I, I think that we still have a long way to go. I think that we're mm-hmm. still not a hundred percent there. I think a lot of you know, the administration legislators have a long work to long way to go in providing more equity for our ELL students. But I do see a shift and I do see that we're celebrating that people are bilingual and we're celebrating their language. And we're like in IEP meetings, I'm hearing people like the speech pathologist, like advocate, like you should keep speaking Spanish at home to your Mm -hmm. student. Please keep speaking Spanish. It's only going to help your student in the long run. So yes, I am seeing that shift, but I do think we have a long way to go to make it more equitable for our students. Yes, yes, we do. But let's celebrate those little wins and we'll keep trying to to bring more into the classroom soon. And I think, you know, children's books are a really great and easy way for all teachers to begin to feel comfortable of sharing stories. I think a lot of teachers, if they don't have that that culture and that background themselves, they, they're not sure how to approach a different culture. And so bringing in a children's book is such a beautiful and easy way to really open up conversation and bring in that that cultural beauty that into the classroom. So why don't you share a little bit about the power of diverse books? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share with you something um, that's start from my own classroom. So every year we start with reading Salam Alaikum, which is a book that an author took lyrics from this, a song by an artist named Harris Jane. He's a Muslim singer. And I... Every year I read it and because it's a way that they, in Arabic, that you say hello. And it's just like a beautiful way. And it talks about spreading kindness and joy. And it's just like a beautiful way to start the school year. And one of my students had never seen a celebrity that looked like him before. He was Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so not only did he 
see himself. And he was so excited because we actually watched the music video and the students were able to kind of like see him and learn the song that the book came from. He was also able to have that pride in his heritage and his culture and teach his classmates how to say salam alaikum correctly when they're greeting someone. So I think that that's kind of one small moment of what the power of representation that he from week one was able to see himself in our classroom learning mm-hmm. environment. So then he felt that belonging, he felt that safety and he felt that welcoming. And I think that that's really important. I think it's really important that we show a diverse group of students and a diverse group of characters to our students, because I think they need to see people that look different than them. The world is ever changing. The world is a diverse world. And I think they need to know how to teach acceptance, to be accepting of people when they go to their future jobs, when they go to high school. But they also need to kind of spread kindness so that we can have a better world later on. So it's not only important that they see themselves in the books, but that they see others. And they, they build that empathy too, right? They have that empathy that they're, you know, cheering people on who are having big dreams. It may allows them to have big dreams for themselves, but allows them to cheer for others who have big dreams and saying like, you can do it, like you should do it, that kind of thing. That is so true. I love that. And, you know, I think you have teachers who want to try to bring in their ELL students and help them. Hey, why don't you teach the class how to say hello in your language? But sometimes we forget that putting them on the spot is actually the opposite of making them feel safe and comfortable. So I love that example because you did that groundwork to show you're you're welcoming that student and and then he felt comfortable to be a part of that, you know, but it took that extra effort to show him the story and bring that story to life for him to now take ownership and want to teach the rest of the students. So I think that's important too, when we're trying to bring in that cultural diversity and help our students feel comfortable, we need to make sure that we're doing our work too, to, you know, provide that opportunity and not put them on the spot. We want to help them show that we're being comfortable and we want them to feel comfortable for we just put them on the spot to kind of. I think that that's such an important point. I think that you should never put a student on the spot and be like, can you teach us how you say hello? Yeah. They may, I mean, a lot of times we find that like they, even though they qualify for ELL services, they may not speak their native language fluently. So mm-hmm. you're putting a student on the spot and they're like, I don't know how to say hello, like in <laughs> Polish right. or whatever. So like, yeah. I think it's really important that you really true. That's part of getting to know your students with cultural backgrounds and really taking the time to put that work in. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Well, let's move on. Coming up this week is going to be Read Across America. And I would love to hear some of your insights and thoughts on how we can look at this in a different light and really make it authentically Read Across America. So for Read Across America, the uh, the NEA has actually gotten rid of Dr. Seuss. Um, there's research done by The Conscious Kid. On, you can follow them on Instagram that he was actually like his depictions are very racist. Like mm-hmm. Ken had is very incredibly racist. So we have moved away from just celebrating Dr. Seuss and we have really even the, and again, like I said, the NEA is supporting this change and we're kind of going with this goal of truly reading across America, truly celebrating how we are a diverse country mm-hmm. and we all look different and reading different books about different cultures from around the world or from that well, from around the world and from across our country. So making sure that the char- the books you're featuring have diverse characters that are reflects your classroom, reflects people that look different than them and really celebrating reading for reading. Yes. I love that. Now 
sometimes it can be overwhelming and hard to figure out where to find diverse books or, mm-hmm. you know, favorite authors that you can recommend, because I know a lot of teachers want to get started with this and want to bring in diverse books into the classroom. So what do you recommend for favorite authors or where to find really great diverse books? Well, I think if you're on social media, I highly recommend you following a bunch of great accounts. Uh, Read Like a Rockstar is a great account to share books. The Tutu Teacher, Here We Read is a great book, is a great resource, The Conscious Kid. There's just so many different amazing people that you can follow on Instagram that are constantly giving recommendations for amazing texts that you could read with your students. And you also then know that they've been vetted by a teacher. So if they're recommending it, they think it's a good book. So I think that that's a really good place to start. I think just where I do is I do a lot of research on Amazon. I do a lot of research on different blogs. Mm -hmm. And like I'll search like books for kids about Muslims or books for kids about Japanese Americans. And there's just some really great way. That's a great way for you to just kind of do like a quick Google search and find some book recommendations and then checking them out from your library or purchasing them is another way for you to kind of like vet them before you read them to your students. And I just think that those are some great ways. Going to your local library, asking a librarian. The librarians are very, at least in my, at least the li- libraries that I visited, are very aware that, you know, diverse characters is a priority mm-hmm. for the teachers. So if you go and tell them, hey, I am looking for books for with diverse characters for my students, I bet that they will have so many suggestions and they'll be excited to pull these different books for you as well. So that's another resource that you can use. So I think the biggest thing is, A, making sure that, the people you're following on social media media is diversified. So that way you get a lot of different suggestions from a lot of different teachers, mm-hmm. but then also using like those resources, like the local librarian, your school librarian, I bet would have a lot of good recommendations and just doing a quick Google search as well is another great way. That is so good. And I love it even because now I feel like you can go to Target and see a ton of diverse books right at Target. So each time I'm tempted to pick up a new one. (laughs) But I mean, it's really becoming very mainstream, which is a beautiful process and a beautiful thing to see happening. And I would start if you're overwhelmed. I know a lot of people are in budgets. I think that's a great suggestion to go to the library and the librarians are going to help. But start with the students in your class and start with their, you know, their cultural background so that they can begin to see themselves in your classroom, in the classroom library. I was just going to add that Epic is also a free app that has so many books and they have so many really, really good diverse books on there. If you just search like Hispanic Heritage Month, like playlists will come up like teachers who created collections for Hispanic Heritage Month that you can kind of just go through the list and think about what book would be good for this, for for me to read during this time or Asian American Heritage Month, same thing, Black History Month. If you search those, they're gonna there's gonna be books that pop up that you can then pick and choose. And it's a free app, which is amazing. So Yeah, it's a great suggestion. I love Epic too. Now, one quick last question, just to get your feedback. What do you recommend having books in the other languages as well? I know there's a lot of bilingual books that have both Spanish and English or different languages. Do you have that in your classroom library as well? I think having bilingual books is really good. The most important thing, though, is I would not get translated text. So, like, I would not get, like, if you give a mouse a cookie translated, like, even though it is important to have, like, those books in Spanish and there's so many, there's limited, there are sellers out there that sell authentic texts. When I would go visit my ex-boyfriend in Spain, I would actually take the time, like, I would drag him to bookstores and make sure (laughs) I would go get some authentic text in Spanish. So I think that that's really, really important that you're getting authentic texts from countries that speak that language and not just translated ones. But there are books that 
already come in Spanish. I have Kate has a Selena book that's like Spanish and English. So it was already made to kind of be in Spanish. And I think that those are fine. Again, I would just be cautious of any kind of popular book that they took and translated. That's a great, great tip. And it's a way, another way to relate to your students, you know, the like Raton Cito Perez is yeah. the fairy or the tooth fairy here in, in Latin America countries. And so for them to see that story in their library is going to make them more excited than seeing a story about, you know, the tooth fairy that's in an English version just translated. So it's also bringing that culture of the stories they've grown up with, the fairy tales they've grown up with and having it in, a, in that authentic text is great. I love yes. that. And getting them from native speaker authors. So like we have, I have my favorite book is Me Voice, which is my voice. And it's about, it's about a girl who's finding her voice and talks about like using your voice to stand up. And it's by an author named Jose, whose name I'm blanking on his last name. It's with an F, I'm not sure. But he's actually from Spain and he wrote the book in English and in Spanish. So again, making sure that you are buying from people from that heritage and from that culture as well as I think is really, really important. That is so true. That is really important. And really nowadays, it's so easy to research and find authors and get creative too. I mean, a lot of these authors, if you reach out to them, I'm sure they would be willing to send your class a letter or, you know, do some sort of Zoom things. Authors are really, really open to meeting with teachers in classrooms, especially when they're getting to meet with students who are, you know, a diverse classroom that's reading their stories and relating to it. And so use this Read Across America week as a way to creatively engage your students with reading, but also in their stories and and letting that become part of the classroom culture is really powerful. And that's a beautiful way to provide windows and mirrors for your students because then they can see themselves as an author. If you invite like a Hispanic author or a Black author into your classroom, that how powerful is that? That then they can see themselves as writers too. That is so true. And even look, I mean, on YouTube, they have so many authors reading the story themselves. Mm-hmm. And so even something as simple as that, where they see this is the person that wrote that story and look at their reading and that's powerful. So don't underestimate those small ways that we can really inspire those students, even from kindergarten, first grade, you know, maybe they have a dream of being an author, but they've never seen someone that looks like them write a book and they get to see it through them reading it aloud. And and you never know what that's going to plant in them for their future. Exactly. Well, Jenny, this has been such a pleasure. I also want to encourage you to follow Jenny on Instagram because she gives incredible book tips and just different suggestions of diverse reads that she's using in her class. Will you let us know where we can, the listeners can find more about you? Yep. So you can follow me on Instagram at the multicultural classroom. And then you can also follow me on TikTok, on TikTok at multicultural classroom. Awesome. And she also has a TBT store with great resources for kindergartners, first grade. So if you're looking, check that out. We'll we'll put all that those links in the show notes so you guys awesome. can click and listen. But thank you so much for your time. This has really inspired me into it as we go into Read Across America to really be questioning and looking at the books that we're choosing and how can we bring in different perspectives and stories. So I think it's yeah. going to be a great time. I think it's going to be a fun week. I'm excited. Thanks so much, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.